0: You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR. Helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best selling book, The Power of PR. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. And thank you for listening week in, week out. I get so many messages from you all saying, oh, I love this episode. And I've just listened to your like number three, which was like over a year ago, and I really enjoyed it. And it really made sense. And I love hearing from you. So thank you to those people that do Tell me what they're thinking, because sometimes you feel like you're doing these things, especially with a podcast, because I'm so used to lives where I can see people and now I don't see people. So it's lovely to hear from you. Today, we're going to talk about something that's close to my heart, which is self-worth and self-esteem. As any of you who have listened to you know, my podcast about adversity and the things that happened to me when I was younger, which were kind of in the first few podcasts, then you'll know that I didn't have very good self-worth or self-esteem. I didn't even know what self-love was so I bought somebody to have a discussion on this today and that person is Serena Novelli, who helps people build confidence self-worth and self-esteem as part of her business so welcome to the podcast Serena. Thank you. So the first thing I want to know is that like, you have really good self-esteem now you're really confident we see you online all the time was it always that way? No
1: no and I think you teach what you know right um, yeah. mostly so if I go back, so I'm in my mid 40s now. And I, I guess I didn't really discover my true core essence of confidence until I hit around 40. Um, I was doubling for a good decade in trying to find myself. But there was a, a time where I suffered with severe panic attacks and body dysmorphia to a point where I couldn't even leave my own home. So I had my my eldest at just 18 i'd only literally just turned 18 when i had him um and so i hadn't had any life experience i didn't grow up in a very good environment my my mom was an alcoholic there was a lot of um narcissistic behavior um where one minute she would build me up the next minute she would be knocking me down um so my self worth was really low um and i had although i people would always say like I was the clown because I was always craving attention because, but the right attention, but any attention for me was quite good at the time because I just needed a bit. So I haven't always felt like it. And I've had to really work on myself purposely because my, my second child is, is a a daughter and I caught her about three years old. So I would have been late twenties when, when she was about three and I caught her in the mirror
0: mimicking my actions
1: um, and I was horrified yeah
0: yeah what caused if you even know this what caused your body dysmorphia I think
1: it's, it's weird because obviously I grew up in a time where there was no social media and um, we had like the magazines and we had just three channels Four when channel four came out or um so we didn't have many channels on this heli either so I'm really not sure but I think it was when I do inner work, I always go back to my mum and how my mum was with her body, but also the things that she would say to me about mine growing up. I was very petite. I was two months premature when I was born. So I was always really tiny. Um, and they used to say things like, oh, you could slip down a drain pipe and um uh, my dad would uh, call my boobs fried eggs you know or oh, you've just got some fried eggs you don't need a bra and things like that as I was growing up so I think it's just the words that were used around me and they weren't necessarily used in a in bad a way. way no they were being affectionate but it was just the way that I perceived things and then obviously at school um, I would see the other girls and they all looked so confident and I wasn't in the popular scene I was like grungy black lipstick and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) just sitting at the sidelines being quiet so I think it came from there it stemmed from there yeah definitely
0: and for those of you that don't know body dysmorphia is when you see something completely different than other people see and it doesn't actually matter whether you're perceived as beautiful from everybody else you will never see it that way when you have body dysmorphia I have lots of people friends who have it and it can really really wreck your self-esteem and turn you into a hermit a lot of the time because it doesn't matter what you do you won't feel comfortable being around other people yeah so definitely this and you had low self-esteem it's interesting that you say about words because I actually think that small words that people mean in banter especially when you're a child can massively stay with you I had this with Albert who is my sort of smallest son I used to weigh myself every day And then when he was about two, he was weighing himself. And then when he was about three or four, he was saying that he was fat. And we were starting to worry that he actually cared so much about being skinny. And and there was only one place that could have come from, because he didn't have access to TV, magazines, all of those things. It could only come from me and what I was doing. And so that put a stop to that pretty quickly. I know how much little tiny things and things that people say, can stay with you and can cause trauma even when they don't mean it and that isn't their intention it still can so with you what made the change you you, your daughter was born and you were like okay this can't continue how did you get yourself out of the the position you were in
1: it was really hard because I think like going back to what you were saying about Albert it's funny how we're not making the changes for ourselves but we're making them for somebody else and it's not until you get to a certain stage within that development and realize actually I need to be doing this for me right because all of the time you're doing it for somebody else um you're not fully in that experience and I think that's where like I had suffered before I tried different things different diets and I was I was seven and a half stone trying to lose weight (laughs) it was madness right absolute madness but I just didn't see what other people people that loved me my husband or whatever saw in the mirror so I had a few times where I'd made myself to the point where I thought I was going to die through the panic attacks. And it was through, like, I remember sitting in Burger King. Am I allowed to mention Burger King? I'm <laughs> <laughs> I remember sitting um, in there with my mum where we had been Christmas shopping and I took a bite of my burger. And I don't know what, like why I thought it, but all of a sudden it just felt like everybody was watching me eat. And I just... You know, like I couldn't, I didn't want to be watched. And nobody, they were all busy doing their own thing, really. Oh, and, that piece of, yeah, and that piece of burger stayed in my mouth for so long that my mum kept asking me, what's wrong? What's wrong? And the more she asked me what was wrong, it was building up my anxiety. And that, to the point where I nearly passed out in Burger King and I had to literally be taken home and I couldn't continue. Um, and it, I stayed in the house for a long time after that. I was just afraid to go out. Like I couldn't be speaking to you like I am now. There would be lots and lots of stuttering, lots of um, holding myself and 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 trying to hide. And it took me a good a good few years to realise that it was all it was all me. I had to be doing this for me. It, I could be doing it for my daughter and and trying to do it for my daughter. But until I took radical responsibility as such, it wasn't going to change
0: for those of you that have never had a panic attack or have had panic attacks and you feel like you are going to die there's Mm -hmm. no other way around like the the level that and the pain that it can cause like chest pain and you can't breathe and it's probably like you're going to die and you know I wouldn't wish it on anyone so thinking of like how can I stop that happening because if that happens time and time and time again that you can't live with that
1: No, it's really horrible. And you have to, everybody's different. But for me, I had to kind of get myself out of it by distracting myself with something else. So all of the time, somebody is asking me what's wrong, it was making it worse, because I'm actively thinking about what's happening. So I learned the tactic to when I felt the onset of it coming on, that I would take myself away into a quiet room, grab a book, and do something that I really loved, either coloring in or, you know, just something that was going to distract me and calm me down and help me to start regulating my breathing um, without me really focusing on what I was doing. And so I still use those tactics now. So if I walk into anywhere where there's lots of people, I will have used those tactics to calm myself down before I go. I use EFT tapping to calm myself so you often see me just tapping
0: doing the karate chop like underneath tables and things to be fair <laughs> I've just been watching boy George do that And I'm a celebrity and oh, there you go. kind of mainstream now hasn't he because he oh I don't watch it so yes yeah, so was tapping <laughs> um whenever he felt like an overwhelm or he was worried about doing a challenge he was, he was doing EFT tapping
1: yeah yeah it is really powerful because it's obviously realigning you um and just that that motion of that tapping motions calming as well so yeah so I would do lots of that my dad thought I was mad when I told him that I would become an EFT practitioner and told him what it was he was like are you crazy but it works it works for me it works for many other people um so yeah so I found those kind of tools to use for myself and then when my husband was diagnosed with cancer my mom had just passed from cancer so then my husband had got it and I knew that all of a sudden I had to take responsibility for absolutely everything. The income coming in, how I just had a baby as well. My my youngest had, was wasn't even one, and how was I going to bring up a baby, work, do all of the things? And those tools came into their own really then, because that overwhelm that I felt, it gave me the confidence to be able to. I had to give up a whole business that I was I was earning really well. With, I had to say goodbye to something that I loved and restart again because I couldn't physically do what I was doing because my husband would be at home. So, Love That Body Project was born because I decided that I love helping people, helping them, and I was helping them in a different way with my past job. So, this was going to be able to give me the focus to be able to support women who might be suffering with body confidence or um, issues themselves around their self-esteem and I'd be able to help them the way that I'd help myself.
0: I don't know many women that have good self-esteem if I'm honest I think there's they can act like it and there's normally something underlying like if you said to somebody do you feel like you are a 10 like nobody ever does everyone's always like no but I think I'm like a five or a six you know even people that are really confident. Do you think it's possible to to up that and to start feeling amazing about yourself and about your body, even if there are things on your body that you would change.
1: Yeah, I do believe that. I believe that nobody can have self-love every single day of their life like so you're not gonna instantly i love myself that's it i'm the most confident being and show up like that every single day because things happen in our life right our bodies change um as women especially we give birth our body shape changes we might wake up with spots on our face and feel a bit yucky that day um so we can still love who we are as a person and this is the thing people will when they think of self-confidence, self-love and self-worth, they think of the exterior, right? Because we've been taught that we should look and be a certain way if we want to be successful, if we want to be showing up and looking like we're sexy. we should. Sexy is a certain image online. And it's perpetuated
0: and yet- online, even now, like in success. You know, a lot of the people that are successful look a certain way. They're like size six yeah. that, you know, the coaches that we see, they're very tiny. They they ooze glamour. And in fact, somebody earlier this year put out a message that you you won't be successful. You won't be as successful if you're not thin. You know, a well, well, a well, is ludicrous, right? Coach said that. <laughs> yeah. Um And so it's no wonder that we have this idea of what we need to look like we're striving for that and it's unachievable for most people right yes it's
1: it's literally unachievable so self-love for me and this is what I teach it's inner work so there's lots of somatic work going on we're really working with the nervous system but also it's around knowing that actually when you're feeling good you don't always need to be a 10 like that level five if that's your level of confidence and that's you, you've then got radical self-confidence in yourself. You can still strive to work towards a higher number and you can still do the inner work to get there. But not every day will you be at a number five. Sometimes you might be at a number eight, sometimes you'd be at a number three. But in that day, as long as you're showing up in acceptance for who you are in that moment, you're in radical self-love.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a tricky thing to achieve, like this acceptance of who you are. Yeah. Um, and we need to, like I always say that self-confidence when people say to me you're so confident I never used to be like I was one of the, the least confident people you would ever meet but somebody once told me to write down all of my flaws and all of the things I'm good at and then decide to love myself with all of that as a whole package yeah. not just the good things because if we only love the good things and it's not going to take very much to derail us into right. not having any confidence again as soon as one person says something bad about us
1: yeah. And this is the thing as well. Lots of women, especially, will talk about like having babies, having like stretch marks, their bellies have changed and they don't like their tummies. And if you can do that inner work and it's all it is, is rewiring your nervous system, right? So you'll have triggers. The same was with the anxiety and with the panic attacks. I had a trigger. So certain things would trigger me, it would cause me to panic. Then I would go into a meltdown and I would start to like, Think things that weren't true because that's what I was doing with myself. So it took me a while to learn that actually, if I breathe into it, if I feel what's really going on, what's underneath that a little bit more, what is causing this? How can I, how can I, what can I do to fix it in that moment? And that might have been just me getting that coloring in book out and, and coloring in and just taking five minutes just to be with myself and to breathe. But you can get to that level and you can understand exactly where you are. Whereas usually we're in our, our head thinking that person's thinking this about me, or I might have been confident two minutes ago. Um, so that person's looking at my tummy and going, oh, she's fat. But actually, yeah. if I look at my belly now and I think these stretch marks, they're like my tiger stripes. They're like the 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 trophies of being able to give birth and having this powerful body, then
0: we it's can see how we perceive way. things. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. nervous system is an interesting one I've been reading about it recently and how many of our health issues and the way we think are connected to this one part this nervous system and you know people never used to think of the nervous system as something that we can regulate and change and you know, cortisol levels and all of the rest of it, the vagus nerve and everything. But actually it's a huge thing, isn't it? And I've I've been practicing some of the methods of regulating that nervous system and it does make a difference. they just in tiny ways. Like if somebody says something bad about me online, you can feel the cortisol level rise. And so if you get that cortisol level down, regulate your nervous system, then what I used to do is write back. Now I can just move on without writing anything. And
1: you can just literally like, work it so it's more of a rational point of view because we would usually it's like the flight fight right we'd usually either run away or we'd fight back because that's where we'll
0: always be fight back <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we can choose those fights right we can choose yeah. those fights we don't have to um you know if somebody's like I sent you a few uh, maybe a month ago somebody sent me that email that it, um that it dissed me for being a mum and told me that I couldn't ever be anything because I was just a a council estate mum of, of five that would amount to nothing yeah um, but I know my achievements. I know the work that I've been through 10 years ago. that would, have, I, would have, I wouldn't have been able to come out of my house. I would have been mortified or had been hiding. Whereas now I was like, I'm going to show this to Lisa. This is funny. I like this. Yeah.
0: In the world. <laughs> and you can start laughing at things, like start seeing things for what they are, which is never our issue and always somebody else's insecurity. And we can't fix everyone and we can't help everybody. But those people who choose to be around us, we can help. And that's what you do now in helping people to get their self-esteem back often I think you can have self-esteem and then something can happen to you which really knocks your confidence I saw this during COVID a lot where people had great businesses really good self-esteem they knew who they were and then because of the pandemic their business failed or you know things didn't go as well as they wanted it to and then their confidence was knocked and we came out the other side and it took real work for them to get back to who they were because their self-esteem had gone down
1: yeah and I think it's also about the people that you surround yourself with, right? And how they view, if you're taking on other people's views. My husband and I, we did some couples coaching um, the other day um, and it came up, it's the work that I do, but I was working with somebody, one of my colleagues, they were they were doing it with us. And um, it came to a point where we had to share our, our desires, fears, and loves within, I mean, but there was lots of tears because it's really emotional what we're going through at the moment. But when it came to the loves piece, my husband said that he loved that I never gave up, that no matter what I set my mind to, I would always strive to finish it. And that really like that's like for me, he sees my core because he knows it doesn't matter what's going to be thrown in my way. I'm going to keep getting back up because I believe in what I'm doing um, and that's who I need to surround myself with. Right. People, People really and see that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah I think it makes a massive difference like when people see you for who you really are and also just being around people that are cheerleaders and who have your back and you know that are really there supporting you because they really want you to succeed. I think it can be difficult in this online space because we can surround ourselves with people who appear to be like that because they're following us but actually they're just waiting for us to fall Um, and it's you know, I've spent a long time this year creating my circle and knowing that I'm around people who genuinely wish the best for me because I feel completely different when I'm around those people.
1: Yeah, exactly. that. I love it. And and businesses are very evolving as well. So what was happening during lockdown um, for them? that might have been the push that they needed to come back out the other side right it might and it may have changed slightly but what they're building is going to be bigger and better and stronger because you know they've gone through that that hardship and that learning curve that they needed to get to to be where they are now so when you help couples what do you help couples with So I help them with intimacy and connection. So I've been with my husband for nearly 30 years. You know, it can get a bit stale at times, right, in a relationship if you haven't got that intimacy and connection. Um, So, yeah, I started with the the working on the confidence. I was like, right, I'm going to get into something a bit more juicy. Pretty much I'm a tantric um, sex teacher and I work with couples who are wanting just to reconnect and rekindle their love and it is really beautiful to see these
0: couples it's really beautiful (laughs) what a great thing to know that you're waking up every morning and helping people in this way to reconnect and to get more self-esteem if somebody's out there thinking my self-esteem is rock bottom right now and they want to connect with you where's the best place to do that I can come over to Instagram and find me. Yeah, so I'm
1: Serena Novelli on Instagram. So you just need to search me. And then I've got a link in my bio, which takes you to everything. So no matter whether you want couples coaching or if you want to work on your own self-esteem,
0: there'll be links there for you to be able to find what's going on. And I'm assuming that when it comes to things like rekindling the intimacy with a partner, a lot of that is connected to self, it's your own self-esteem anyway, and how you feel about yourself. Yeah. It's all intimate, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. lots
1: of my lots of my um, couples will come uh, work together, and then they will continue that work individually because they realise as they're coming together the the pieces that they need to work on more.
0: Yeah, are um, o- o- individual things. Yeah, That's brilliant. Thank you for your advice today and for chatting about this subject. I'll definitely put your links in the show notes. I think it will be really good. And there's so many people that that have confidence issues and they need to up their confidence and self-esteem and and have that radical self-love because it's amazing when you believe in yourself and you know that you can do all of the things that you want to. So much of it is about the belief that you can do it and then you can. Um, So thank you for being here and showing us that. And thank you everybody for listening. Have an amazing day, whatever it is you're doing. And I'll be back next week with some more advice on making money online. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.